Hello and welcome to Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D podcast. I am the aforementioned Bedlam, DM of this actual play D&D podcast. This podcast picks up our story midway through our current campaign, and while there is a brief recap of the previous session following the player introductions, a more thorough summary of the events that have transpired will soon be available. As is the nature of stories involving good versus evil, our arc has brought us to some darker aspects of things, sometimes amplified by the fantastical setting. Some of the situations portrayed may be too intense for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you enjoy listening to our story as much as we enjoyed creating it. Well, I be Percival, and I'm playing Grom. I'm a barbarian who's traveled south from the Northlands. My people have an odd affinity for hunting fierce beasts, because we believe that if we crack the bones and devour the marrow of a beast, we gain its strength. My tribe has been lost, and I've wandered south and met up with this band of ragtag hooligans that I consider my family, and I'd gladly kill for them. Just having parted ways with the others, your intention was to travel to Grinzander's estate and speak with him to uh, secure some financial backing for this endeavor of getting his family back. Initially, Latgain was going to accompany you to Grinzander's because he was interested in the missing focus stones that you had uh, left up there. A moment of confusion, you set out and you kind of put your head down, walking in the rain, and you get down the road and he's not with you. Okay, well, maybe he changed his mind. So, having left Ezekiel's, a distance from the original party, out in the rain. How would you like to proceed? Well, I believe I'll be making my way straight away to Grenzander's as quickly as possible. Okay, are you uh, traveling with purpose? Are you traveling uh, stealthily? Well, if I'm not waiting for Letgain, I'll probably be jogging. I imagine Gron being able to take to the rooftops in almost a parkour style and, and avoiding most people in traffic by bounding and jumping from roof to roof. So you are making an effort to avoid the populace general? Uh, not because I'm trying to avoid the people, but because of my need for speed. I don't want to get hemmed up. We're on a timeline. As you begin your journey, you start out in the street proper, and you start looking for feasible ways up onto the rooftops. It is about two in the afternoon, so it's uh, midday, so... But it's a pretty hefty trek to up to Grinzander's, isn't it? It is, yeah. So... Yeah, I'll be making haste. Yep, so you got to navigate um, the map here. Ezekiel's is actually kind of down in here, southeast quarter of the city, and Grinzander's is up cliff, not too northwest, but west side of the river. Well, I'll choose a pace of running that I know I can maintain. Okay, but as you uh, get a ways away from the group, you make your way through this dreary weather, and a voice enters your head. Oh, shit. You have a moment of panic. But you realize that it is different than the all-too-familiar voice from your visions. Even with your limited experience with the arcane, you can tell that this is a form of magical communication. The voice says, Tell me, Northman, are you still insistent on protecting the sycophant? Do I recognize that as the assassin's voice? You had a conversation with the assassin. It's the, it's the assassin. Drop a new crouch blades out. That's my wife you're talking about. Where be you? Let's settle this. I do not believe you want to fight me one-on-one, Northman. I'll fight you any way I can. <laughs> I will say I, uh, I try to keep my collateral damage to a minimum. Although, I suppose the young elf could have been avoidable. Tell me, was your beloved sad when she discovered your young one's corpse? That was her? This is the bitch that killed her. <laughs> can I tell where this is coming from, or is it just resonating in my brain? It's resonating in your brain. And it's raining, right? Yep looking around. I want to make a... Go for perception. I'll take the 19. I'm searching for any dead spots in the rain where I think... Yep, you take a good hard look around. Crouch down all feral-like. Do a 360 and you are not seeing any indicator of where she might be coming from. Okay, roll me a quick intelligence uh, check. Nat 20, baby. 20 twin, twin. I don't know if it's through conversation, through your magical, your new magical friends, your wizard counterparts, uh, but 
you do you know that uh, potentially a spell like this, the sender would have to be within 120 foot range. What is my immediate layout? Are the streets full? Streets are pretty sparse. Uh, again, given the rain. Yep, given the rain. So you were coming through here. You got a couple buildings. There's a there's a couple canals. You're you're still close to the ocean, so there's a couple canals on either side of this kind of causeway. Uh, but the buildings around you, uh, they seem still pretty residential in nature. Hey. Looks like you have a, a crossroads uh, coming up ahead immediately now. You're kind of in a, a not a choked-off alleyway, but not even an alleyway, but a choked-off part of the street where you have about uh, seven or eight feet between the buildings. And I don't have any sense at all of the general direction of this. This is like a magical... Correct. Okay. I'll be checking any windows or anything like that. Nat 20 again. These dice are on the team. <laughs> there she is under that rock. So why do you call her the sycophant? As I'm like looking around trying to buy time. Okay. Um, you catch a glimpse. There might have been a little bit of a glitch up um, on the corner of the uh, the crossroads there. Right about there at the corner of the corner of the building. He might have thought you've seen her. I want to turn so that it doesn't look like I'm looking at her. And kind of be examining an area away where oh, that spot is just kind of in my peripheral. But my focus will be on that peripheral focusing all of my danger sense to, to kind of watch in that area. Well, it must be a new relationship if you haven't had that conversation yet. I say, what if you just give me her ruby? Hmm. Intriguing. Who wants it? Please, Northman, you do not know? I'm afraid I don't. Why don't you enlighten me? Well, I'll tell you what. When Wukal wants you dead, you get dead. That has not been my experience. Yeah. Apparently it is only a matter of time. Very well. You choose your choice. Let's have a deck save. Oh, so 23. These dice are on fire. <laughs> As you keep your peripheral vision on the uh, on the spot where you believe her to be. Yep, here, come, here comes a throwing knife. Uh, if I see it, I would like to attempt to knock it out of the air with my dagger and spin around with my hatchet. Ah, you are coming out to play. You got a great beat on the first one, but it was something about the rain or the the feeling of victory. Uh, You didn't get a beat on the second one. (laughs) I blocked one, took another one to the dome. Uh, Not to the dome, but right into your upper chest region for only three damage, but I need you to make a constitution save. 21. 21, very nice. You feel... As it bites in, you feel the, the pain of the of the piercing damage, but then you also, oh, you feel a burn start to emanate. But whether it is your strength of mind or or body, you manage to suppress the poison from, from taking over and affecting you too much. Well, the one thing I don't suppress is my rage. Here is the leather-clad assassin that you see about 40 feet away. It's a mask, curved dagger in one hand the other empty after having just thrown a pair of poisoned throwing daggers at you. I'll see you soon. And she pulls down her mask and blows you a kiss and then disappears. Mind leaving your name, doll? I want to know what scalp it is I'll be adding to my cloak. She just fucking ninja vanished on me? Mm-hmm. What type of vanish was it? Was it like a, like a phasing out, or did it look like a blink to somewhere else, or did she just like turn invisible again? Can I tell? Let's have another intelligence roll. Buying these loaded dice was a big help. That'd be a dirty 20. Nope. Again, I guess you've overheard Mavka and Letgain talking about their craft, and uh, you're, you're pretty certain that uh, was an invisibility effect. I'm in charge of the area. All right, you close distance. And my intention was to have raged at that second one. Yes, in a fury, you rush over to the corner where she once was and imagine you're taking random swings here and there. Uh, no, I'm attuning all of my listening power. Okay, let's have another perception. It's with a disadvantage because of the thunderstorm. <laughs> she may have gotten away this time. <laughs> she did get away. Damn it. There had to be a... End of my string of 18s as I'm like sitting here watching. I'm gonna take my knife and dragging it down the outside of my arm. And I'm gonna wet my dagger and the and the blood on my arm as it's mixing with the rain in the streets. I'm looking around trying to 
trying to find any type of you know void in the rain. I guess uh, let's have another perception. Thirteen. Not so much voids in the rain, but you do see a pair of city guard walking your direction, strolling, patrolling. Not like they saw you and are coming towards you, but they're... They're coming from the north there? South. They're coming from the south. Well, then, looks like I'll keep making my way north. If there's no fight to be had, then I'll make my way to Grenzander's as fast as possible. Okay, so you jog off again? Yes. I can't wait to skin her. Journey to the north. You can. You have your choice of elevators there. Um, I believe this is the one. Actually, I think this is the one that you took up. I'll take the same one I've been taking. Okay. Yeah. So there's a main road that travels north along the river there, um, up to the up to the elevator. You jog on. Several minutes go by. Are you staying on the road? Or are you gonna try to parkour some shit? I'll try to parkour some shit. Let's have an uh, acrobatics check. 18. Yeah, with an 18, yep, you're moving along at a pretty good clip. Um, all the buildings are pretty pretty close together. You can you can move along at that clip. What's that dagger still in me? Uh-huh. I, yeah, I kind of figured you would have removed it. Take that, and I'm, I'm going to keep it. Uh, taking a look at it, you kind of see the the oily residue on it. You're not, you're not 100% sure if it would still be poisoned if you tried to stab somebody with it, but you're not sure that it wouldn't be either. I want to try to tear a piece of cloth off of something, be it a, you know, window drape or something. All right, investigation. And try to wrap it. I'll wrap it up in a rock. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing immediately. The, you find some, you find an awning and you try to grab a corner off of it, but it's, it's canvas and it's put together. It's constructed very well. And uh, as you're messing with it, uh, the owner of the building kind of comes up and is like, hey, what are you doing? Mind your business. Okay. And I'll look for something that's an easier picking. I'll say along the way, uh, that distance, you've managed to find a rag. And I'll, I'll wrap it and tuck it into my belt. Just about five minutes away from the elevator, you pass through a portion of the town that is, again, still primarily residential, but there's a general store, or what seems to be a general store. There's a random conglomeration of, of goods hanging in the window or sitting in the window. And you see uh, three men standing under an awning outside of said general store. Their conversation stops when one notices you. After he says something to the others, all three turn to look in your direction. And as they do so, their visages flicker once and twice. And where the three commoners once stood stand three illithids dressed in fine robes. Each of them regards you placidly, their milky white eyes emotionless. The tentacles extending from their bulbous heads flow aimlessly as they gaze at you. So, quick, uh, my only visions of illithids have been the one in the prison cell and then in my dreams, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, now I'm currently, like, on a rooftop in front of them. I feel like you you dip down to the street for a second. There was, like, a gap in the buildings, and you were looking to... All right, how far am I from them? I'd say about 40, 50 feet. And they're just staring at me. All right, I'll I'll stop all my forward movement. I just want to lock eyes with them. I'm trying to battle with myself to try to decide what I think is the real. Are they actually the elephants? Are am I being forced to see something? So what be this now? Are you in there? Are you doing this? At that interrogative, one of them raises its hand, and. A blinding white pain just explodes in your head. I need you to make an intelligence save, please. That would be an eight. You take five psychic damage. When your vision returns, you see the original group of three men chatting amiably, paying you no regard. (laughs) What do you do against something in your head? (laughs) I have no idea what to do with this. Um, Let's see here. Well, if you're in there... This is how you want to play with your host, as it were. I won't play your game for long. I'm going to keep traveling along and trying to make sense of it. All right, you continue on. As I said, the three men don't give you much regard other than a, a glance of... Where did I feel it at in my head? Just like behind my eyes? Yeah, or... I feel like it's behind your right eye. My idea currently is I think Grom might be on the edge of cutting his right eye out. So this this might go very badly. But I think that's what's about to go down. 
Well, um, with that considered, let's have a sanity check. All right, I got a 15. 15's good. It's, uh, you, you, you do not feel... The, the DM does not compel you to, to gouge your eye out at this point. <laughs> well, that's, that's where I'm going, though. Continuing on. Continuing on. Uh, before I reach the elevator, a very short distance after that, I'm going to take the knife, my knife, not the assassin's knife, and I'm going to put it in at the edge of my nose, and I'm going to make a slice down and around my eye on the bottom and just threaten this thing. As blood is running down my face and I'm gritting my sharp teeth and I can feel them even biting into my gums with the pain of it. This is still my body. And I'll do with it what I damn well please. You'll have no purchase on me. I'll cut you out if I need. And then I'll continue on. And I don't know how much damage I needed to take from that, but whatever it was, I'll take it. Wasn't a small cut. Okay. <laughs> let's do let's do two hit points then. I, before I get to the elevator, I'll I'll wait for a second now. I'm waiting to see if there's any response from this thing in my head and kind of collecting myself and then a realization that this battle that I'm having with this thing in my head, I can't let it preclude me from helping my friends. So I'm going to keep pressure on my eye until the bleeding stops and let the, the rain wash most of the blood away. And I'll pull my cowl up over to try to cover most of my face before I approach um, that. I don't believe you have a cowl. I don't have... I, I will not pull my cowl up over my face I'll just leave it and I'll approach the thing once it's stopped bleeding and the the rain has washed most of this I will say that uh, as you wait to kind of wait for a response to to test the waters there you think you hear a faint but oh man you might you might did I you might have imagined it but you think you hear a (laughs) this son of a bitch Do you remember when Grom had two eyes? You wait a few more minutes. You perceive nothing more, and then continue on to the elevator. Hey. When I get a little distance away, do I recognize the person at the controls? Is it somebody that I've ridden with before? Roll intelligence. That's my best stat. That would be a six. You do not recognize the bored-looking man dressed in the iconography of Aconitum Falls. There's one or two people sitting on a bench most waiting for the for the next transit time yes and I'll, I'll pull a gold piece out of my okay as you pouch. approach he takes a look at you as he's taking a look at me I'll palm my gold piece to him just here for a ride and Roll I'll take a seat on the bench persuasion gold pieces are persuasive I'm not gonna lie you needed that <laughs> that'd be a dirty 20 I'm just gonna go quietly take a seat and watch the people on the thing slide over <laughs> away from me. Yep, that's uh, pretty much what happens. Um, you have successfully circumnavigated that problem, so nicely done. Dirty 20s for the win. Alright, um, you don't have to wait too long before uh, elevator operator says alright, anyone who's going up, hop on. And the two people that are with you, one is pretty well dressed. You could probably assume he's a, he's a merchant of some sort. And the other is uh, a, w- a woman that, uh, well, you're pretty sure she's human, but uh, it's hard to tell with her robes and stuff, but you wouldn't be surprised if she's clergy. Some benches in the elevator. Yeah, I'll be keeping to myself on the ride up. And I think these two are perfectly content to keep to themselves as well. I'd imagine they would have been. All right, uh, yeah, you take your seat and the elevator lurches and <laughs> comes loose and then you start to rise and... Idol, wherever you're at, I hope you're all right. I'll be back to you soon. All right, you arrive at the top of the cliff, and with a stomach lurching, ka-chunk, the elevator locks into place. The attendant opens the door, says, "Everybody off." I give a small giggle to the look of discomfort that the other soft Southerners have at the <laughs> swaying of the cart. Ah, they're so weak here. I'm gonna find my way up along my previous path to Grin Sanders. Ah, damn this infernal rain. Will it ever stop? The, uh... At least it keeps the streets clear. The aforementioned woman says, Oh, so you're new to town? 
Why, yes. Yes, I am. We can trust that the rain will stop towards the end of the week. Well, I suppose it does offer its protections. Have a good day. And you as well. Hey. All right, as you exit the elevator, the attendant kind of gives you the, the, the side eye. Because, yeah, frankly, you look pretty feral. Yeah, understandable. Seems like you've got worse crawling in this town, though. He just goes back to his business. The path continues northwards uh, along the river uh, before it deviates off into Grinsimder's neighborhood. You eventually come to a fork that uh, deviates off to the west there, and there's a pair of city guards on the corner. One says, You there. Hi. You got going on out and about today? I'm just making my way to Grinsander's estate. Grinsander, the teamster. Hi. I'm sure you've heard of him. Business would you have with him? I'll tell you what, Aconitum Falls doesn't take too kindly to vagrants. Well, especially Upcliff. I don't think Grenzander takes too kindly to people being in his business, and I believe he'll deal with who he would like. Roll persuasion. How about intimidation? I would take that as well. 30-20. That's all fours or nineteens. Check this dice. It's wonderful, you leave it alone. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you put your curses on my dice. I see you rolling ones over there. You knock it off. I trained this thing well. Okay, okay. <laughs> it rolls bad for intelligence checks and great for Grom things. You visibly see him kind of shrink back a little bit. He says, well, if you're up here begging, you best move along. Now, do I look like a beggar to you? I mean, the, the, the second guard says, well, I mean, a little. If I were you, I'd steer clear of the beggars you have around here, then. They might be dangerous people. <laughs> I'll flash a smile at him. But I'm off to see Grinsander. About business. First one says, well, best be about your business, then. I'm not gonna acknowledge him anymore. I'll continue. You make it to the gate to the, well, gated community. Uh, you've dealt with the people there before? I uh, yes, you can say these guards are familiar with me. Yes, you come up to the checkpoint, as it were, and the guard that uh, you had previously spoken with the day before is there. And incidentally, the guard that you previously acknowledged when you exited this morning is there. I'm going to pull a gold coin out of my pouch on my way up to them. As I approach, I'm going to palm it to the one I'm familiar, most familiar with's hand and be like, Has anybody been in and out of here to a Grinsander's estate today? Well, there's been a handful of people that have uh, come through here that uh, don't necessarily need to check in, so I can't uh, speak intelligently to their destination, but... Anybody that doesn't look like they belong besides myself, of course. Nope, just you. Well, have you thought to uh, maybe try to blend in a little bit more? (laughs) I don't think I could hide what I am. Well, you don't need to hide what you are, but you don't need to flaunt it. I think honesty works for me. I guess I can agree that uh, honesty is the best policy. You guys have such an interesting view of the world down here on these southern lands. You call yourself civilized, but everything seems so devious. Seems like there's very little honor in the masses. Where I'm from, you're careful of how you treat people, because if you're not, they'll kill you. Hmm. I've always said, speak to people like you're afraid of getting punched in the nose. That seems like pretty wise words. I knew I liked you. Seems there's a bit of uh, drama surrounding Grinsander's estate. Is anything I need to know? Well, I'm afraid I'll leave that information for Grinsander to pass. I'm not one to be talking about his business, and I'm not sure he would appreciate it if I did. I'm sure you can understand. I will say, this city has more secrets than I would have ever guessed. I'll never understand how these things hold up. Cities, that is. And I thought the wilds were dangerous. Somewhat of a social agreement. But you best be getting a move on. I stay safe. Be wary. You as well. There's a lot of eyes. It seems like in this city, not all the dangers wear their teeth so openly. At least with me. You know I'm a snake when you pick me up. Once past the checkpoint, um, really the path to Grinsanders is unimpeded. Perfect. You approach, and the front gate is closed. Well, I suppose I'll knock, then. You knock, and after a moment, the gate... 
and you see a dark-haired, thin woman wrapped in a similarly dark leather cloak with a sheathed rapier attached to her hip. She is gloved, but you notice the glove protecting her left hand has a series of bladed accoutrements weaved into it, designed, no doubt, to do a fair amount of damage. Despite her small frame, you're fairly certain she could easily hold her own against any larger opponents. You also realize that this is one of the guards that you dispatched the previous night. Actually, this is one of the guards that Letgain dispatched previously with his mind bullets. Fuck, am I going insane? She says, Can I help? Oh, 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 oh. Well, hey there, Mr. Grom. You're back soon. <sighs> Come on in. Hey, thank you, Hardware. Yeah, sorry about the confusion there. It's, uh, well, it was Grinzander's idea to kind of keep up the ruse there for a minute just to see kind of how things played out. Wait, hold on. So, this voice is coming out of this figure? Yes. I thought I was going insane there for a moment. That's a little trick I picked up back in the... Well, that's another story for another time. I have underestimated you a little, mister, I'm sure. And actually, now that you're putting two and two together, there is a little blue and yellow bird on her shoulder. His shoulder. His, her shoulder. I would highly recommend being a little more careful if anybody else from our particular group shows up. It might be a little, uh... Well, you got anybody in particular? Oh, just me and my wife are let gain. Well, you're telling me to be cautious about them? If you're going to answer the door looking like this... Oh, well, yeah, I suppose fair enough. I guess I should thank you for not biting me. Well, I'll be honest. I haven't been overly sure of my sanity when it comes to my vision lately. I run my thumb along the gash in my eye. Well, it looked like you took a good one to the eye there. Are you doing okay? I most assuredly am not. You might have some bandages in the house. Anyway, come in, come in. Aye, aye. Closes the gate behind you. And where would Grenzander be currently? Well, I'm pretty sure he's he's in the house. He's probably in his study. I'm afraid I don't have a moment to spare. I'll be off. I'm gonna dash up to the house. Um, do you just walk in the house, or do you, uh... Walk in like I own the place. Yep, you bust in the front door, and one of the maids, you remember to be Emilard, is in the entryway. Just, oh, oh! Emilard, where's Grenzander? Um, he's upstairs. Alright. Uh, grab me something warm to drink, please. Meet me up there. I, I, Thank you. I, okay. I'm heading up the stairs. All right, so you just bust in his office? I'm knocking on the door before I open it. Enter. Gwenzander. Oh, Grom. Hi. Sorry to barge back in. back soon. <sighs> Were you able to... Well, I suppose I should just lay it all on the line, and then I'll get caught up with what you've got to... with what you figured out in the meantime. But I think we might have found your daughter... Wow, you work quickly. Wife complains about that all the time. Yeah, I think we might have found your daughter, but I'm afraid we only have two options for, you know, retrieving her. A safe way involves, you know, needing 10,000 gold. Oh my. Oh my, indeed. That's quite the... Well, I'd say, uh... If we haven't been through what we've been through these past few days, I would say you're completely off your rocker. Well, you know, I figure if you have it... It's the safest way to get her. And if you don't, well, then we'll... I say you believe her to be in danger? Hmm. It depends on your definition of danger. I say if we don't pay, I don't know how long her safety remains. She's definitely up for sale. Mm. Which is why we're trying to buy her. But if we have to meet and take her by force, there's a chance she might get hurt in the crossfire. At the uh, mention of for sale, you see pretty much all the color just drained from his face. As far as I know, she's safe and untouched as of now. So it's your call. I hmm. don't necessarily know what your resources are. 10,000. 10,000. That's a significant amount. I, more than I've ever seen in my lifetime for sure. And more than I'm likely to ever see. Well, um... I don't know your situation. I know that I'm willing to try to take her by force, but I also know that those kind of situations, things go wrong. This is Mukal's doing? That is my understanding. We ran across a, a traitor by the name of Ezekiel. Mm, yes. He's a, 
a snake person. Hmm, Yuan-Ti, True Blood, yes. Yeah, I believe that was the name for it. At this point, Emilhard pokes her head in and says, You want tea? Hi. No, no, Emilhard, you want tea? Oh, tea, yes, please bring it in. Actually, uh, Emilhard will be taking our tea in the dining room. Um, family meeting. She says, Oh? oh. Hey, before you go, darling, I'll actually take a cup of that right now. Sure. I'm chilled to the bone from this rain, if you don't mind. I already offered you clothing once. I'm not going to do it again. You can't drink clothing, Grenzander. The nice thing about not having clothes is you dry faster. Did you know I don't have a cowl? Um, I guess I did. <laughs> so I guess it's up to you on what you'd like to do. Well, yes, well, we're going to have a, uh, well, as you heard, family meeting. So please join us downstairs. I, if I'm familiar with what that room is, I'm just going to go and make my way down there and take a seat and rest from my run and examine my wounds, especially the the dagger. I'm trying to squeeze as much blood and oil out of that as I can. Um, you make you, yeah, you make some headway on it, but it's uh, it's very oily. It's also not something I'm good at, but I'm make my effort as I'm sitting here. After a time, you see Emilard joined, and she comes and set a full, full-blown tea set on the table, uh, complete with some scones or something like that. Ivan Egg comes out of the kitchen, sits down, and then the little grandmotherly gnome Oria comes in and sits down. And then Ardrar, looking still looking like the guard Felmy, comes in, sits down, and now that you have experienced that kind of cognitive dissonance, you see that the chair and everything he manipulates is being manipulated by the seven foot. <laughs> Much larger. <laughs> seven foot fur bulk that he is. That's quite unsettling. Yeah, well, I hope the people that need to buy it, buy it. So, it's just <laughs> what we're doing now. I think it's a great idea. Need it is, Ardwar. It's very brave of you to take on that mantle. Now, thank you all for joining us here. Our good Grom here has uh, apparently discovered a lead on the whereabouts of Valerie and it seems that she is not in a position that I would ever want her to be in. Say, uh, any word on Brashova, my wife? I talked to our uh, prickly friend there, Sifian. She had some words about it. If I had to make my guess from the riddles that she was speaking, it sounds like your wife is wearing a ruby hmm. or in one. So I'm afraid I don't have any leads on that as of yet. But I'm trying my hardest, Grenzander. I know the importance of family. Orias says, uh, if, if I may, just one moment. And she gets up and leaves. And Grenzander kind of looks puzzled, but uh, defers to and we just waits a moment. And she returns with a, a small box and comes up to you. And you say, what you, some bandages. Let's get, do you need some help bandaging that up? I would love some. Well, let me and she Sorry, starts. I'm making a mess of your fine establishment. Well, it's okay, it's okay. I'll get that cleaned up in, in due time, but let's get you taken care of. I appreciate you. So she starts kind of doting on you. Well, Raya, always, always looking out. Uh, nevertheless, um, it seems we are in need of some liquid capital. The amount is fairly daunting. 10,000, you said? Sounds like that's the going rate for do you need unspoiled any... goods. <sighs> but at <sighs> least that's the rate for unspoiled goods. Yes, I suppose we have to take a look at the positive in this. The fact that we have a chance, we should focus on that. And he's obviously distraught over this situation, as any loving father would be. I'm assuming that time is of the essence. We are set to meet after 7 o'clock this eve. Hmm, that was my assumption. He kind of looks out the window and he says, Yes, uh, haste would be good. So, the reason I brought you all in, as you all know, this amount is not a problem. This amount, as liquid assets, is the problem. Ivan Egg says, the dwarven cook says, I, 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 I have some money saved up. I'll be happy to chip in. Very good. Emilard says, give all I have if we could get Valerie back safe and sound. Grom's bag of 20, of 17 gold coins lands on the table. That's all I've got. Let's see what we can muster up here. Orias says, well, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm, I'm afraid I don't have much to contribute at this time. Grinsander says, <laughs> gambling again. 
She says, well, I'm just in a slump. It will turn around. Fair enough, Oriya. We appreciate everything you do here. The whole time she's clean, cleaning your little wounds and sticking little bandages on. Don't worry, I won't be telling Tyler Lore your paw on my chest like that. Oh my. Ardor, by chance would that little uh, trick of yours work with coin? Copper, oh, by chance. I'm afraid not. It's uh, it's really just meant to, to make you look like somebody that you're not. But I'll tell you what, you know, Prince Xander, we need to we need to get that little girl back. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, you you've been good to me over the years and uh, you know that every every resource that I have is at your disposal. So uh, I mean I have about nine thousand I could contribute. And Prince Xander says <coughs> excuse me? Ninth ninth Well yeah. I mean I live here, you feed me, you pay me really well. It's I really just don't really have much to spend my money on so just squirreling it away just as well then I believe we uh, may have uh, come up with the amount you need would you like a little cushion in case you need to go more than 10,000 I'd hate to hate to run into that sort of barrier after this Herculean effort to bring our resources together I guess the real question Ard- would be for you Ardwar would you be willing to accompany just to make sure we've got the right person. Well, now you're getting a little bit out of my depth. I'm a little bit uncomfortable just uh, pretending I'm this little uh, lassie right here. But uh, Can anybody here draw? Or do you have any pictures or paintings? Emilard says, I have, I have one. She excuses herself and exits. Grinzander says, well, as we said, time is of the essence. I suggest uh, let's bring these resources together. It's a good grom here and... Pray for the best. Pray for success. Hardware stands up. He says, All right, I'll be right back. I have an egg. The cook goes off. So they're all exited. And uh, Grins Anders says, Say, this is quite the pleasant surprise. I, uh, here's, he pulls a bag of gold and sets it on the table. That's all I have on hand right now. I do have one thing that might help. So stand by. And he leaves. And then a couple minutes pass. And it's almost like everybody gets back at once. Ardra comes up with two giant sacks, puts them on the table, and just boom. It's, like, it's pretty close to 9,000. It might be a little bit more. I guess I hadn't thought about how difficult it would be to travel with that. And then Ivan Egg comes back with the sack and says, should be about 1,500 there. Well, Grinsander says, well, I have two, but I also have this. Places a, a small bag in front of you. So this have a sack here. Some magical, magical properties. Mm. Expand. Mm, more so, uh, hold more than you think. <laughs> well, that op- be quite useful. Opens up one of the pouches and demonstrates by pouring one of the bags of gold in, and it's just... <laughs> so, uh, effectively, it is a haversack of holding, so not a complete bag of holding. It's like the smaller version. So how do I go about getting things out of it? Well, you just think of what you want and put your hand in there and uh, pull it out. I'm going to make an effort to try that. I can try to picture the gold as hard as I can in my mind. It's kind of hard because my mind's so scattered with all of the things. And see if I can pull some of the gold back out. Yep, you successfully do so. Uh, boy, this will make it. <laughs> An interesting trick, too. If you take it and he turns it inside out and just this deluge of gold falls out on the table. He's like, that's... It waited. Oh, my gosh. Um, and there's, like, a fish on the table with the gold. He's like, well, I guess I don't know how that got in there. <laughs> But nonetheless, and he turns it right back, right, right side back. <sighs> well, I suppose it's time. Oh, do we have a picture there? Oh yes, Emilard returned with a uh, a painting. It's actually very well done. Grinzander says, "Say, Emilard, you are improving quite uh, quite impressively with uh, your painting skills. That's a uh, spitting image of Valerie." I'm gonna take a minute. I'm gonna digest the image as much as I can and try to. Uh, Try to make sure that I'd be able to identify in different conditions. You know, dirty, sad, beat up, bruised. Just kind of trying to picture all of those things on it as much as I can. Yeah, You see a blonde-haired, elven characteristics, blue eyes in the painting. She's wearing a top made of silver leaves and silver circlet around her head. She's lovely. Yes. So I suppose now is the time to talk about the things that could go wrong. Hmm. Because I uh, 
I should warn you, I don't travel through this city very well. But on top of that, I believe we're making a deal for your daughter. And if it's not, well, it's somebody's daughter. Mm. I wouldn't put your gold to it, but I might not make it back. Because either way, whoever they're bringing is coming home with us. I won't allow somebody to stay in slavery. Especially of the type that we are suspecting is a vile, vile thing. I'd say, don't hesitate with my gold. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> no, Grinzander, you're right. And everybody kind of makes murmurs of agreement there. I just wanted you to be warned, or to know who and what you're dealing with. The lifetime's amount of gold here, but I don't believe anybody should be a slave. And how much is one's life, one's dignity worth in gold? I don't know, I've never had any. And I don't measure much things in that. Good Grom, you sell yourself short. The fact that you are undertaking this, uh, this endeavor that it communicates much value of dignity. Well, wish me luck, Grenzander. I'm hoping to have your daughter safe. And if I do, do you have plans to keep her safe after that? In the works. And please, if you can find any more information about Brashova along your way, I will be eternally grateful. Oh, don't worry. I'm dedicated to your cause. I lost my family. Hmm. But since then, you've become mine, and I won't let you lose yours. Not if I can do anything to stop it. But I've got to go. You see, his eyes kind of fill up, start to water with some tears, and he reaches over and clasps your shoulder. I am blessed to have met you, Sir Grom. Well, you're the first one to have ever said that. How's the stitching up going here? <laughs> you actually look down and... Uh, Oriah actually has a hook needle in this kind of stitching up your your uh, dagger wound in your in your peck there. Almost finished. Sorry, it's hard to. As much as her hands are shaking, the suture actually is very very well done. As I notice with some dismay that it's cut through some of the tattooing on my chest, I'll have to redo that. Yes, well, there's not much I can do to uh, fix that. Oh no, you've done a great job. Ah. Uh, just hate to possibly go into battle without the protection of my gods on me. But I appreciate your stitching. Hopefully I won't open it up anytime soon. So as you're preparing to go, Emilard um, says, Oh, don't leave yet. I wasn't planning on leaving without another cup of this tea anyhow. Oh, I can get that right squared away for you. This is amazing. Oriah yeah. pours you another cup of tea. And says, can I enough, get you anything to eat? I'd never had honey before. I'm growing quite accustomed to it. Pretty much a staple, I don't understand. People who go without it, you poor thing. Uh, at that time, Emilard comes back and says, uh, did you leave these? Uh, she holds out your illusion stone, and I believe the mind stone as well. I, I did. Did you mean to? Yes. <laughs> but they weren't with me, and I'm still having problems. I don't know. Do you have a perhaps a pouch or a bag I could put them in? I think I could find something. I'd appreciate that. Okay. She goes out. Hmm. Grinzander kind of sees what you got going there. Source of contention. I don't know. I'll be honest. I haven't been right. I can't trust my mind anymore. Hmm. I wasn't really sure what the cause of, or what the cause was. I'm just not sure of anything anymore, Grinzander. I'm sorry to put that on you. You've got problems of your own. How many months did I spend not in my body? I can completely understand the strange dissonance of things, the happenings goings on. I say, did you hear there was a wolf in the city? <laughs> I did, firsthand. There's always crazy rumors. There are always crazy rumors are surrounding the Bane, but, but I'll be seems honest. This year has been. I didn't act like any wolf I'd ever encountered. Oh, you saw it? I was the one who encountered it. Oh, my. Had a fellow down, holding him down on the ground by his head. It didn't seem like it was... It didn't seem like it was biting him, just, like, holding him. I don't know. I didn't know what to make of it. <laughs> I gave it quite a wallop, though. I'm sure you did. Dropped that fellow off over at uh, the Siren. But honestly... Strange goings on. Too many other things on my plate to be worried about that yes. fellow right now. Yes, can agree with you completely. And from what I can tell of this city, I'd say a wolf is the least of its problems. Why every eve hides fangs in this town. Hopefully we can 
right this small wrong. About that time, Emilard returns just with a small little pouch, not even bigger than you know, just a small. Could hold a few stones and with a tie string, so she puts them in there for you. As I, it, is that I take work? it out of her hands, and look at it for a second, get ready to put it in the haversack, and then hold off for a moment. Now, just a question. Putting magic in magic is okay? Mm. Well, as, as it was explained to me, um, I believe that uh, putting magic in the magic is okay, but you don't want to necessarily put a uh, planar... A what? Planar... A plane what? Uh, no, not, not a plane. Like, like the different planes. Like the planes of existence. So your, your bag there, it's a, it's a gateway to another plane of existence. If you take another plane of gateway to a plane of existence and you put it in there, it all hell will break loose. So don't do that. So don't put the stones in. Don't put the stones in, Grom. Good grief. I am sorry, Renzander. I don't. If you come across the slightest idea what you're talking about. If you come across another bag, don't put it in the bag. No bags in the bags. No, no. Pour the stones out into my hand. No magic bag. No, 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 you could put into the thing and I hand the bag back. (laughs) No bags in the bags. Got it. You know what? Let's just run with that operating theory. That'll probably keep you safe. I, I appreciate it. Sling the. The pack up over my shoulders. Boy, it'll be nice to someday get back to the wilds, or at least the dangers leave tracks. Hmm. Unfortunately, the tracks that the urban dangers leave far too deep for my liking. And not deep enough for mine. Hmm. Well then, can we get you anything else before you go? A shirt? A cloak? around the table. A cowl? And I'm going to give Grand Xander a hug. Hey, in case it's the last time I see you. Returns it with gusto. And then I'll make my way. Ardrar walks you to the gate. It's a good thing you're doing there, Mr. Grom. I I wish the best of luck to you. And actually, uh, before you go, just hang on a second. See, he puts his hand. She reaches up and, and puts a hand on your shoulder, but you feel this like giant 20 pounds. <laughs> meaty thing. On it. And uh, says a few words that you don't understand, and you feel kind of a, a sensation wash over you. But I hope that helps you on your journey. And uh, he casts Eagle Splendor on you which gives you advantage on all everything charisma-based for the next hour, I think. Why would I need help with charisma stuff? I can't. He's acing those. 20s all day. <laughs> well, you know, I just calls him how I sees him. Thank you, Igor. Take care of Grenzander, this family, and little mister. Always. You go get Valerie. Hey. Clasp arms with him and still like look back in amazement about how it feels like I'm holding this arm of a mountain golem (laughs) and looks like this petite little (sighs) on that I'm gonna head back out oh also mark down you have uh, 12,800 gold did I heal at all from a little bit of stitching and sewing I'll say uh, mechanically um, with the time that you spent there with the conversation I know it probably didn't take an hour but just with everything going on with the food and the drink and the, the tea and everything that we could count that as a short rest so if you wanted to spend hit dice to uh, get some hit point back hit points back that would be big money no whammy oh whammy. plus con four back and you can choose to use another one if you'd like Build me up to hit that I used. I'm going to go ahead and put that little pouch of gold that I threw on the table back onto my belt since I've got everything else in the haversack. You pass the uh, the checkpoint, and as you walk by, you see the, the guard that you spoke with before, and he was he's currently conversing just with somebody, but uh, as you pass by, he sees you and Hi. puts his hand to his forehead in acknowledgement, and then you get to the lift one more, once more. It's a lift attendant. Uh, the same one that you, when you got off, yeah, but he didn't. He he didn't really pay you much mind. He doesn't really care about the the vetting goes on before they get on. Kind of looks at you. He's like, put a gold in his palm and roll persuasion. What is the, the cost for this? A silver? Two silver? I think it was five silver. Five silver. And a gold is ten silver. Yes. Um, I have eagle splendor. Uh, so yep. it's with advantage. With advantage, yep. We'll take so eleven. I'll take the twelve. Oh, thirteen. Sorry. And a double payment. Twice, and I'm going down cliff. You steal this? Steal the gold? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but I can see why you would ask. Bah, get on the lift. <laughs> ah, cities. 
you sit down, he jerks the lever, and you're the only, you're the only one on this ride. You think that it, he may have released it a little bit more aggressively than has in the past. Your stomach kind of drops out for a second, but then it kind of settles into his. There's a giant smile crosses my face because I enjoy the ride. Uh, when I was a boy, I used to climb cliffs like these. All right, several minutes passed. The elevator settles down, and the same guard that you had bribed originally sees you and says, Did you get your business taken care of then? I did. Marked all of my trees. Good day. Good day. You continue on, and are you going to kind of uh, parkour stealth? Uh, okay, let's have a acrobatics or athletics, your choice. Athletics. Seven. So nine on my athletics. Oh, uh, ten, eleven. Yeah, you kind of proceed. You're traversing the building's parkour. You kind of get hung up a little bit here and there and kind of have to kind of stop and reset. You know, it's uh, not a, a fluid traverse like like, uh, you're, like you're used to. What if this was my last character? We head to a new town right now. Somebody just entrusted Grom with 12,800 gold. That is a crazy turn of events we have taken, sir. Couldn't even get me to people to trust me with an elevator ride. <laughs> All right, so you make your way through the city. You reach that intersection kind of where you saw the three men talking before. I'm going to avoid looking at them. Okay, well, they're not there. Okay, thank goodness. Or maybe they are. Fuck, I don't know. Yes, you you pass that general store again, and they're not there. Pass that. Um, I'm going to say one more dice roll here. You successfully navigate your way to the siren. Hey. <sighs> way in. You walk through the doors, and there, much to your relief, is Randall. Oh, hello, Mr. Toothy. So good to see you. Hey, Randall. Oh, your wife is here. Oh, thank goodness. They've missed her. I believe they've taken a, a seat in the dining area. Can I get you anything? Uh, yes, uh... Cloak? A towel? Tea with honey, please. Tea with honey. Yes, I believe we can, uh, I believe we can arrange that. But yes, come in, enjoy, enjoy. I perk my ears up to hear what kind of music is going on right now, or, or who we have playing. <clears throat> no, please, come in. Kai is playing tonight, whereas you can hear, she's fabulous. It's so, we're so thankful that she graced us with her presence. It's the perfect night for that. You know, I'm pretty sure that woman couldn't play a lick of that lute, and still people would come to see her. I'm going to make my way back to the, the back dining room. As you walk in, you notice that uh, Kai is playing an instrument that uh, you've never seen before. What's it look like? strange, it looks similar to a lute. It has strings, but there's some keys on the side, and there's a crank on the back that she is spinning. You walk into the dining area, and you notice Kai's instrument, and it's a unique sound. It's something that you've not heard before, but it's very appealing. The crowd is very into it. And you see Tylalor and Letgain and Mirmalnir across the way, sharing an Sight for sore eyes. This has been Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D podcast, a Peace in the Chaos production. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, work hard and be kind.